Alright everyone, welcome back. We got another episode of Devil's Army Cast on tap for y'all today. You guys hopefully will be listening to this on uh, Monday, April 26th. We are recording it on Sunday, April 25th, before the Devils take on the Philadelphia Flyers. James and Chris are here, yep. the duo, as always. Episode 47. Jersey number 47. Right now, we all know Mr. Aaron Dell's wearing that. I remember John Quinville and Dalton Prout both wearing that number. I was going to guess Quinville, yeah. Do you remember the one other devil that has wore this? I'll, I'll be very impressed if you remember. Mm, I'm not going to get it. David Waforski. Waforski. That name you remember sounds yeah. familiar. He was Penguins for a while. He's an AHL guy. Um, he wore it back in 2016, but that's your uh, that's your jersey number number 47. Devils history for you. So, all right, current news, game recaps, what the Devils' remaining schedule looks like. We got that TBD segment. We're going to talk about three different things today. We're going to talk a little bit about off-season stuff, how the draft lottery slots are looking right now, how the um, what some of the top prospect names you should be familiar with. We're not going to dump, uh, jump into them too much because I'm not too familiar with them yet. I've just done some baseline research. And then the last part we're going to talk about there is just we're going to kind of like do like a devil's roster overview, how the team may look in the offseason, who's going out, just like really, really, really light offseason stuff. I'll just give you all a Binghamton Devils update. So that'll that's that's going to be what this episode is going to be about. So let's get into it here. Uh, some current news. The Vancouver Canucks are officially back to play. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, they came back with a dub. Um, I'm pretty sure they beat Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking. They're, they're being smart with it. Like, if they have back-to-backs, I noticed Tyler Myers – won't play like he'll play like 25 26 minutes a night one game then they'll give him off the next game so they're kind of like being careful with everyone which is good yeah but the Canucks are back Alexander Holtz officially signed his ELC and reported to reported to the Binghamton Devils he actually made his pro debut last night I'll talk about that a little bit later um, the Devils just said he'll be playing in Binghamton for the rest of the year, so no worries about burning his ELC, a year off his ELC or anything like that. <laughs> Dawson Mercer and his Q team, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his team, um, they're, they finished number one in the Q this year, so they're in the playoffs. Dawson Mercer actually had a playoff goal yesterday. Might might have been his second because I did see he had an empty netter as well. So he's continuing to light it up. And yeah, juniors, I was say he's been tearing it up. Yes, sir. Um, Jonas Siegenthaler and PK Subban are both on the COVID list. PK Subban, it was confirmed that he did have or he does have the virus. Um, yeah, so that Siegenthaler Instagram post. was just added. Yeah, Siegenthaler was just added yesterday, so we don't know why he's on there. If it's because he has it or whatever happened there. Uh, yeah, so first, to just talk about the Devils goaltending. So I wrote an article probably sometime last week that got the people going. Chris, did you check the replies on that, or did you, did you follow along with it, that I didn't see it, I'm curious. Tell me more. It got the people going. So it was basically an article exploring why the Devils analytics look better than what their record shows. 
And it simply came down to four reasons. It came down to bad goaltending, horrific special teams, the inability to finish, and a little bit of bad luck. Um, basically, the numbers were showing a team that uh, above average hockey team, and that's like their 5v5 numbers, like shot generation, shot suppression, all that fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and numbers always paint a picture, whether people like it or not. It, sometimes the picture is harder to find than usual and in this instance it was like why would these analytics be showing good things and it usually comes down to a couple things and the things i just listed out are usually the culprits and that's exactly the scenario here but people just got real mad like uh, people just hate analytics i guess but, i think um, they just are frustrated that the analytics can say we good and then they watch and they see pittsburgh put up six goals in like two periods well, <laughs> you gotta take, i think that's yeah, what it is yeah I, I get it but you gotta realize that it's the analytics aren't saying the devils are good per se they're they're painting a picture and then once you look into them more then you figure out what they're saying and they're yeah. saying that the devils have her- horrific goaltending horrific special teams a team that just can't finish their chances and are featuring a tiny bit of bad luck that doesn't really have a lot to do with it but it's certainly there and those four aspects are the reason why the devils just are not good this year and um but yeah that that's how it goes that article got the people going for sure but it's good i i like i like um what's that we're interacting with fans like our followers and stuff there's some good yeah. conversations there um it just unfortunately comes down to it a lot of people don't want to learn analytics and they'll just assume oh they're a whole bunch of they're a whole bunch of baloney because they just don't want to understand them once they once you learn them they're they're a very helpful tool and they're pretty easy to understand but yeah they definitely have their place i'm not an expert on them but uh they they definitely have their place in in the game and understanding it so yeah that was a fun that was a fun article there definitely definitely got a lot of interaction which is good but anyway the reason why I brought that up is because the Devils' goaltending, specifically the past couple of weeks over this nine-game losing streak they're on now, has just been horrific. So Blackwood's at a 900 save percentage, Wedgwood's at an 899 save percentage, and Dell's at an 857 save percentage. All those numbers are well uh, below league average. I believe it was Steve Cangelosi actually put out a tweet, and it was like the Devils' save percentage the past month or something, and it was like 8-6-something or 8 8- five two or something ridiculous like that so yeah their goaltending's just been horrific and it's been one of the one of the probably main reasons why they've been losing all these games so i mean it's definitely different we're used to like this time of year when we're out of the picture we finally start getting like good goaltending the past couple seasons so usually the goaltending even though the devils have struggled that has not been the issues it's been the like 5v5 play and this year finally they're getting pretty solid 5v5 play in terms of generating suppression this year's their goaltending has just been horrific so we're gonna go over here a little bit further along in the episode about who the Devils could look to to fix their goaltending issues in the offseason. And I, I put out a tweet from our socials or a Facebook post that just basically said, man, Corey Crawford retiring, we kind of knew it was going to have a decent impact, but who would have thought it would have been this big of an impact? Um, that really, in a sense, derailed the Devils' season. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but all right. 
One last thing I wanted to go over. I, I don't know if you want to call it current news or what you want to call it, but our good friend Alex Chauvancy tweeted out an update on goalie prospect, Devils goalie prospect, Kira Schmid. He's at a 9.73 save percentage in his last eight games, and on the season he sits at 9.23. He plays for the CO City. How do you say that? Sioux City Greyhounds. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, Sioux City Musketeers. Oh, uh, Musketeers. Um, yeah, so they're actually clinched the playoff spot. It looks like according to their Twitter, Akira Schmidt's been terrific for them this year. And I don't know. We talked about Schmidt a couple times on this podcast. Now he had a really good 2018-19 um, season, and then he regressed 1920. Had a lot to do with injuries and him being traded and used SHL midseason. And this year he's been he's been terrific. So that's really good to see. He'll hopefully be in Binghamton next year, which will be good to get a look at him. And Binghamton definitely needs help with goalies because they're just a mess down there. We think the Devils are a mess. Man, Binghamton's a whole new another animal. We'll talk see, that's about not good either. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. But, um, yeah, so. All right, Kurt News-wise, that's all I had. Chris, is there anything that you saw this past week that I may have missed or anything like that? Um, we should probably mention Patrick Marlowe passing uh, Mr. Hockey. You know? Yeah, we should probably we definitely should probably mention, mention that. that. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I sent the – when that did happen, I sent the – like a message in our group I was like I just find it so funny how Patrick Marlowe breaks the NHL record for total games played like that's a pretty darn big record to break like yeah and all these media social media like the the sports media outlets like ESPN Bleacher Report all those bozos j- just didn't mention a word about it yeah. <laughs> like uh, you yeah, didn't see a single just, post on no. it but if it was like LeBron James hit a contested three-pointer to to bring the Lakers within like eight then we would see it everywhere on Bleacher Report exactly. and ESPN but exactly yeah that's pretty big news there shame on me for not mentioning it for but. those who don't know he he passed the most games played um Gordy Howe? Yes, he passed Gordy Howe um, for most games played in NHL history, a record that nobody thought would be broken. He's passed Ron Francis, Yarmir Yager, Mark Messier, and now Gordy Howe, and now he sits alone at the top. So, Good for now. Him. For now, I wonder who would be the next closest to pass. Honestly, the, there's some records that are just so hard to touch. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Marty's will ever get touched for goaltending because goaltenders just don't play as many games as he did now. Like, Marty would play, like, 40 game seasons and stuff like that. How old is Joe Thornton? He's up there. I mean... 42? No, I don't think he's in his 40s. I think he's, he's like, 41. Late, I think he's, like, late 30s, probably. No, he's 41. Oh, he's 41? Okay. Yeah, so Thornton needs... Marlowe's at 1770, so do a little math here. 1770, and Marlowe's at 1770, and Thornton's at 1673. Jesus Christ, some bad, bad radio. So he needs 97 games played. That's like two more seasons, assuming that Patrick Marlowe doesn't play any. Um, and I Thornton stays he'll healthy, which, you know, yeah, Thornton's older, 41, it's, it's harder so. to do. He would have to play until the age like forty three. How old's Patrick Marlowe? I think they're close. I think they're close. No, in he's forty one too. Yeah. Yeah, he's forty one too. So 
Um, yeah, Patrick Marlowe's on this list. Uh, Zendana Chara is number 13 at 1,600. I don't think he'll... Uh, He'll catch any, but I'm looking at the top 25, and that's how it is. It's crazy that Wayne Gretzky's at 24, and he holds, like, every scoring record ever, and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not even, like, top 10 in games played. But anyway. Um, all right. Anything else for news-wise? Nope. That was all I could really think of. All right. Cool. We'll move on now. We're going to move on to, uh, unfortunately, Devil's Game Recaps. Devils are now yeah. on a nine-game losing streak, 13 losses in their last 14 games played. I honestly cannot remember the last time the Devils were losing these many, this many hockey games. Uh, I, I don't recall the last time they were in this stretch of losses. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's, it's pretty brutal because even when we had, like, the, you know – when we were bad and we got draft uh, Jack Hughes in the draft lottery, I mean, they we were losing bad. games, but it wasn't like a stretch of games like this. It was like win, lose, lose, win, lose, lose, win, win, lose, lose. Like, you know, it wasn't yeah. straight losses. Yeah, um, certainly not ideal. No. <laughs> I'm so, just uh, I, I can't believe we're sitting right next to Buffalo and we could actually pass them potentially for worst. More more on that in a bit. We're gonna get <laughs> into that fun stuff. Um But alright, so it's been a bit. I believe we dropped our last episode like Thursday or Friday last week, so there's been quite a few games. It's been one, two, three, four, five, six games, and there's been six losses. So um yeah. So we'll so go into them a recaps. little bit. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I used to like run and dive into the analytics of each game and see how if the Devils like deserve the L or not. I'm not even going to do this. I'm kind of just <laughs> uh, not into it. But anyway. All right. 415 at the Rangers. 4 nothing L. Shots on goal were 33-16. Rangers, Blackwood is in, was in net for that game and DL. Um, wasn't too hot of a game there for him. Can't talk about anything in terms of Devils goal scoring because there was none. Uh, the Rangers just absolutely pieced the Devils apart in the series. They played four and the Devils lost all four. Um, the Rangers, so we're moving on to 417 game. That was also at the Garden. The Rangers mm-hmm. had three first period goals. Um, it was actually 4 nothing in period two. And then Mike McLeod scores uh, from Bastion and Subban to make it 4-1. And then the Devils run it back like they've been doing. Subban and Yegor in period three to make it 4-3. And then the Rangers, like, not so fast. Two empty netters ends at 5. Was it finally at 5-3? Was not Something like that. Yeah, um, something like that. Aaron Dell was in that, didn't play too good. Sterkin was in that again and did, did decent. 419 home versus Rangers is a 5 3 loss. Uh, 3 nothing New York Rangers lead. This game is very similar to the last game that I'm looking at it. 3 nothing New York Rangers lead. Uh, Subban or Malta made it 3 1. Nico and Student Each made it 4 3. And then this game was like identical, unless I took my notes wrong, but very similar to the game two days ago. Blackwood wasn't great, 21 to 25. This was a game where Gorgiev came in, made a couple saves, and he looked like he got hurt, and then he left for like the end of the first period, but then he came back after the first period. So Shesterkin registered two saves as well in this one. Interesting. Yeah. So that was that Rangers series. Do you have anything from the Rangers series overall? I mean, it was just a lot of not good things. It was brutal. It's going to be a good goalie for a while. That's going to be a pain in the devil's side. Yes. For, yeah. For, for, we need, we need for Blackwood to be Blackwood. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if we're going to talk much. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. His struggles uh, when we talk about like the roster review and that stuff. So, uh, but, but, but where are we at? So Pittsburgh on 420. That was the release date for MLB The Show on Xbox and PlayStation. Ah, uh, welcome Xbox owners to a good baseball game. Hey, I had a, I I was a PS. I'm an Xbox guy, but I also had a PlayStation just for MLB The Show. That just <laughs> but, goes uh, to show how legit that baseball game is. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real good game. They screwed it up this year. Not to get into it, but they really they really screwed the pooch on that um, Road to the Show mode. They really screwed people over that like to play that. But anyway, um, all right. This was the just insane seven six loss in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh got out to that six nothing lead. Um, after two and Jersey scored six third period goals. Pittsburgh got one in there that ended up being the game winner. I think Crosby made it like 7-3. Nico, Igor, Bastion, Hughes, Foot's first career goal, and Janssen, Andres Janssen had goals in that period. Came up short, 7-6. Will Butcher had three assists. Miles Wood had two assists. Shots and goal were 32-30, Pittsburgh. And this was the Aaron Dell wedgwood game. And yeah. it was like, they were just both just absolutely terrible. Johnson had a wacky goal, too. Like, he's been struggling, but his goal was wacky. It, like, went off a skate or something of a Pittsburgh player, I think. Took yeah, a weird bounce so, or redirect. Speaking of Andres Johnson, he's the new... Devils fans hate this guy, hate his guts guy. Oh, it man. was P.K. Subban, and then it was Damon Severson there for a little bit, and it's kind of gotten away from Severson. Still, people rag on Severson a ton because they just like to yeah, Severson slander people. Um, no, I mean, in their defense, kind of is Severson's play since the beginning of the season has fallen. He's still the Devils' best defenseman, but his play has fallen a little bit over the past however many months. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's Andres Janssen now, and people are, like, calling for this dude to be, like, sent to the minors and stuff. He's – I know people are like, oh, Jack Hughes has been real unlucky. Andres Janssen's been the most unlucky devil by far this year. His, like, numbers and stuff, like his underlying numbers, are one of the better of devil's forwards, and he's been now resorted to, like, a fourth-line role where he's not playing with great line mates, and he's still putting up okay underlying. Um, I mean, it, he's certainly been disappointed from the standpoint of what people thought they were going to get in terms of production. But, I mean, it's not – don't give up on this kid. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll get back to it next year, and you'll see why he was brought over. But, um, but yeah, so this game was wild. Um, I don't – I mean, <laughs> six goals in the third period, and you still lose. It was like the first time I think a team scored six goals in a period and lost the game or something stupid like that. But – I don't know if you want to talk about this at all. I mean, it was another instance of where has this been the whole game? Like, this isn't the first time this has happened this season where the Devils just show up in the third period and it's like, where was this the whole game? If you play like this the whole game, we would win. Yeah. So, so kind of frustrating. It was. It was. It was good to see, I guess. But, yeah, another frustrating loss. Uh, all right, we'll move on to the 422 game. This was not as <laughs> exciting as a 5 1 loss. Uh, Dell and Wedgwood were at it again, getting pulled for each other. Dynamic I forget who duo. started this one, but one of them got pulled for the other. Uh, Matt Tennyson goal, Matty T scoring his first goal since I think it was like 2018 or something like that, 2016. 
um, broke his goalie streak. But, I mean, he was freaking terrible. I don't know why that dude's bad. Well, I guess now you know because – no, I still don't know. I don't know why he's in over like a Josh Jacobs or something like that. Um, Colton White made his debut in a following game, and that was just because Tegenthaler was put on the uh, – or the uh, – COVID list and the Devils don't have any left-handed goal, uh, defenseman to put in his place, so that's mm-hmm. why Colton White's playing, but I don't know what the point of Matt Tennyson getting back in the lineup is if uh, he's an unrestricted free agent next year, and it's not like one of those situations where you're like, oh, what do we have in this player? You know darn well what you have in Matt Tennyson. <laughs> yeah. So, But uh, yeah, he scored. He also had a couple of blacks, just not good plays that resulted in Penguins goals. 5-1, Law, shots and goal were 31-23. I don't know who's in favor of, but yeah, not, not a good game. Mm-hmm. Then, last game, which happened just yesterday. Uh, 4-2-L, Pittsburgh was up 3-0. Hughes gets number 11. 11 goals for Jack Hughes on this season from Igor and Butcher, Wood from Murray and Severson, and that made it 3-2, and then Pittsburgh had an empty netter. Right before that, Pittsburgh empty netter was Aniko Hishier missed empty net on the other end. He, he had it. Uh, uh, he just chipped it wide. But um, I felt bad for all those New Jersey Devils plus one and a half betters out there. That last second, literally <laughs> crossed the goal line with like .02 seconds left or something like that. So it gave the Penguins a two-goal um, lead, two-goal dub. Shots and goal were 37-36 Pittsburgh. And a Devils goaltender registered a save percentage above 900 or 905 for the first time. In like in forever, Blackwood had a nine seventeen, which was good to see. So, yeah, but, yeah, that was your games for the past week or so. Um, anything you want to say about it? the Pittsburgh one with the six goals? That was brutal. I mean, I remembered I, I was supposed to be updating that game and i had something come up where i couldn't update it right away and when i jumped in i remembered messaging i'm like six goals in the second period i was like what the and then i'm like watching it i'm like this is just gonna be hard to update <laughs> and then oh yeah i started, started scoring that one back. for you I yeah think. you did yeah i had something come up I that did. i completely forgot about yeah i started that one <laughs> and i got the 6-0 and then you got the 6-1 <laughs> I was like, yeah, in the third period, I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. But, uh, yeah, not a great stretch by any means. So, all right, folks, the Devils only have, what, 10 games left, I think? Um, they got the 25th at Pittsburgh. They got the 27th home, or I'm sorry, they play today at Philadelphia. Then they play the 27th home against the Flyers. Then they got the 29th home versus the Flyers. Then the first, they're in Philly. So we got a little, what's that, four-game stand against the Flyers? Two not good hockey teams. Mm-hmm. Then they're home versus Boston the third. Home versus Boston the fourth. In New York on the 6th of May. In New York on the 8th of May. And then the 10th of May in Philly is their last game. So what I just read off, like nine games left in their season? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, yeah, that's your remaining Devils schedule. So let's have a little discussion here. From today until the last game of the season, what do you want to see the Devils do? We both know we want to see them win a damn game. Yes. (laughs) We want to see them break the nine-game win streak. I was going to say, I can give the easy answer. Yeah. Is there anything specific player-related, team-related you really want to see over these past – over these remaining nine, ten games? Honestly, I just want to see, like, the young kids perform. Um, 
I, I just I don't know at this point. There's there's a lot to ask for. <laughs> um, competent goaltending yeah, on a consistent that's, basis. Like that's for me is seeing Mac play well to end the season. That's my number like just, one thing. Just is to see competent. Mac play just well competent. Soon. Doesn't have to be all star best in the league. Just win us some games. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. That's definitely um, my number one on the list is to see Mac do well to end the season. This. This end stretch is huge for him, and next year is going to be a really big season. Next year is really going to be the telling season of what they have. The first two seasons, it looked like he established himself as a franchise netminder this year. I know it's been a weird year. I still have him labeled there as a net, uh, franchise netminder, and they're number one going forward despite the struggles. I mean, you can tell with COVID. Yeah. Supposedly a nasty bout with COVID. Weird condensed schedule. Struggled definitely this year, so big ending the season here for him i also want to see how those fringe guys do like the nick merkley's the nathan bastions the michael mcleod's and mikhail maltsev like those guys who we're not really sure if they're going to be like in the lineup next year once the devils get some competent people in here i want to see how they end the season so those are the couple things i'm watching mm-hmm. so, similar to what you said so all right moving on we're moving on to how everyone's favorite time of year the um good old nhl tankathon is the website they basically keep track of the standings and the lottery odds how the teams slot in so right now the buffalo sabers are number one um slot in the first odds they're four five and one their last 10 the record's 13 28 and seven that is they have one game in hand in the on the Devils. So one game in hand and they have one point less. So it's it's funny because I I mean I thought there was no shot a couple of weeks ago that the Devils catching Buffalo let alone moving from four in this lottery part. But I mean here we are. They're sliding in at second right now. The Devils 14-27 and 6, lost 9. They're 1-9 and 0 in their last 10, sent at 34 points. Seattle Kraken, the new expansion team, they're locked in at the third slot. So the Devils could either pick 1, 2, 4 or 5 it looks like. I don't think they'll pass I don't think they'll get past 5, uh, 4. So the Anaheim Ducks are sliding at four right now. They're 14, 27, and seven. They have one game at hand on New Jersey as well. They have a top, they have a sh- overtime loss, so they're at 35 points. The Devils are at 34. So for this one, two, and four slot, I is think it it's also gonna be where between- like the rule kicks in this year? I didn't mean to cut you off there, but does the rule kick in this year where like you can only follow a certain amount of spots too? I forget what certain rules, but yeah, I believe that one's in. So the worst the Devils would be able to pick in this scenario is, well, I mean, either way, if the Devils are picking like one or two, the worst they're going to be is like five or something like that anyway. So, but yeah, we went over a couple of episodes when the rules, like the new rules kick in. I don't have them in front of me. We could talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about them again soon in the upcoming episodes, but I don't have an answer for you right now. The short, short yeah. way. So, um, but yeah, so Anaheim's sitting at four right now. The Sens are at five. They're at 38 points with, they have a decent bit of games in hand on these teams. I'm pretty sure. Eh, no, not really. Only one on the devil. So, but yeah, I, I don't see the Devils falling past four, which is crazy because I didn't think I, I was going to see them get past five at one point. Just how things change. Things could always change in the last nine games, but that's how it's looking right now. So, but yeah, 
I don't know if you have anything to say here. I mean, I'm surprised that we're even talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we're we're. Yeah, I just can't believe we're here. I like checked the overall standings last night after checking Tankathon. I'm like, is this real? And I looked, and I'm like, yep, it's 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 real. Not only is it real, it's painfully real, and it's also painfully real. We could actually pass Buffalo. I mean, do we have? I'm drawing a blank. Even though we just listed all their remaining games, are we done playing Buffalo this year? Um. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't say them. I don't think. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't. I know it's that. possible we could pass Buffalo, Buffalo, but yeah, they, yeah they're I don't done want playing that to Buffalo. I, I think there, there, I think there's a there's a real darn good shot. I, I know, mean, it's, and it's that's possible. Sad. It's sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the Flyers five times, Boston two, and the Islanders twice. So, um, yeah. I, I guess we'll move on to some of these names here that we're going to be paying attention to. Oh, so worth noting is the Devils, of course, have the Islanders first round pick. So scroll down here a little bit. The Islanders are right now slotting at 23. They're 29, 14, and 5. So they're... They are probably... I think they're they got a few games in hand on Boston, so like a Boston win, the Islanders lost would switch those two teams. I don't think it's very unlikely that the Rangers catch the Islanders to knock them out of the playoffs, but you yeah, look at that a little bit. It's I mean, not going to happen though. The Islanders going to make the playoffs. So that other pick, if the Islanders lose round one, which we're all hoping for, then it will it, be a low twenties pick, which will be good. Yeah. So. I mean, we're at a yeah, point right now where everything's there. pretty much set in stone. There's, it's going to be hard to catch <laughs> Dude, anyone. I wanted to go through. We could actually look at it now since we're talking about it. I wanted to go through the NHL standings earlier. I kind of forgot. So uh, the, the Wild clinched a playoff spot yesterday, by the way. I did see that on Instagram. That, that was uh, I was happy for him. So speaking, speaking of the West Division, you got Golden Knights 1, Avalanche 2, Wild 3. Those guys are clinched, and it's coming down between the Yotes and the Blues for that last spot. So right now the Yotes have it. They have 47 points and 48 games played, but the Blues have it based off point percentage. The Blues have 46 points in 45 games. So I'm still almost certain the Blues are going to get that last spot, but wild things happen. North Division, it's a mess because the Canucks lay off. So, I mean, it's Maple Leafs, Jets, Oilers, the top three. And the four is likely to be the Canadians. Yeah. I don't think the Flames or Canucks are going to catch them, so that's likely what it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. The East pretty set in stone. Caps, Penguins, Islanders, Bruins. The Rangers have 54 points, and they would have to get they're, – they're probably like seven points behind the playoff spot, so it doesn't look like anything's going to happen there. And then your Central Division, Hurricanes, Panthers, Lightning are all but locked. Look at that. The Dallas Stars are making a late run at things. They're 7-1-2 in their last 10. It looks like they, they might be able to get the Preds, but the Hawks, Red Wings, and Blue Jackets are done. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like the Stars Columbus. might actually get the Predators. Um, mm. Stars have 47 games played. They have 52 points. The Preds are at 49 games played, and they're at 54 points. So technically right now I think the Stars are ahead of them in points percentage. So. Good for Dallas. Good for Dallas, indeed. Rebounding from their uh, COVID situation. So, all right, where are we at here, folks? We are at oh, prospect time. 
So we're not going to go through a ton of these guys in depth. It's just kind of want to list off like the top eight to y'all because we're getting closer to draft season. Like I said earlier, I've just done very baseline research into these guys. Chris, I know you've just done very light research as well. Yeah. So I'm going to base it off here of Corey Prom man. Uh, Prawn man. Yeah, I think that's how you say his last name. He's the <clears throat> lead athletic prospect writer. Um, Scott Wheeler also does prospect work for The Athletic. But I'm going to go off Corey Promin's list. He has at number one a right winger, Dylan Gunther. Dylan Gunther has absolutely flown up prospect lists. Um, he was probably like Sounds outside like top eight. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's flown up there. So he plays in a WHL, which is the most defensive CHL league. And last time I checked, he had 24 points in 12 games for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yeah, so he has 24 points in 12 games for the Oil Kings, a plus-minus 19. Um, I'm looking at his elite page now. Goal scorer. <laughs> he's a goal scorer, and he's a good one. And he, he puts up points like it's his job in one of the tougher CHL to leagues. Yeah, he'd be a nice pick here. He's at number one right now. Um, you'll notice the theme here. You got Gunther, and then you got a whole bunch of defensemen. It's a very defensive top-heavy. And then you have Matthew Beneers and uh, William Eklund. Those are like your other top forwards. You also have Kent Johnson, Chaz Lucius. But we'll go through these guys now. So Luke Hughes, sound familiar? It's Jack's brother. And I'm already seeing on Devil's Twitter this whole idea that just because they're brothers, the Devils need to pick Luke Hughes. And people are getting this false notion in their head that, oh, so if they get Luke, then they'll be able to lure Quinn Hughes in. And then, then they'll have all three of them. Like, you can't think like that. <laughs> it would be nice, but you, you just can't. But anyway, Luke Hughes is a hell yeah, of a prospect. And, and if he's the best player available, then yeah, take him for sure. But you can't make this pick based off, oh, they're brothers. But um, Exactly. Yeah. Hughes is six foot two. He's he's an elite skater. He's like his brother. He's just absolutely elite skater, defenseman, offensive prowess. He's fine defensively too. He's more of like that offensive defenseman, two-way skills. He does, he does have – He's okay in his own end. He's still working his defensive game, but he's your textbook offensive defenseman. So, Owen Power is a monster. The kid's six foot six. He plays for the University of Michigan in the Big Ten. He has 19 points in 26 games played in the Michigan regular season. He's the best all round defenseman in this draft. Defense abilities are really solid. He could decently chip in offensively um uh, in my opinion from my slight research here i believe he's the most in his uh, best in his own end he's a fine skater um uh, he's just like an all-around guy there's not much to hate here but uh that's number three on promen's list he has Matthew Beneers, let's say four. Beneers played for USA in the World Junior Championship. If you heard his name before, that's where you heard it. 24 points in 24 games played at University of Michigan, 10 goals. He's a centerman, so I don't know how much that would turn off the Devils. I know you always say best player available, but, I mean, you got yeah. Hughes, Nico, and uh, Hughes and Nico down the center. I mean, Beneers is a solid player. Devils would take him really good all-around player. Yeah. So. Six foot two, one seventy five. 
Bronman has Ken Johnson. He's another Michigan player. By the way, Michigan was loaded, if you couldn't tell. Um, he, he's a centerman as well. He has him listed at five on list. He had 27 points in 26 games played. He's just a point scorer. He racks up the, po- or racks up the points. Very good playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. So that's Kent Johnson. Chaz Lucius is another center. He's in the U.S. Uh, National Development League, the USHL, those leagues. Um, he's up here, too. He's a centerman. He's been dealing with an injury, so he hasn't played as much games. He's a really solid goal scorer, this kid. Um, it's his goal scoring is it's like the creative goal scorer though it's not like one of those guys with like a massive bomb of a shot he's like gonna get in those dirty areas he always finds the back than that like those creative kind of like in the slot find the open space type of goal scorers so uh yeah nice player very good goal scorer he's a center though i don't know if that makes you turn you off at all but William Eklund yeah. is actually Alexander Holtz's teammate in the SHL um, five foot 1076 pounds. He had 21 points, 11 goals, and 38 games. Goal scorer, Swedish goal scorer. Um, I don't know if you want to go down the whole Swedish route again, but yeah, William Eklund, solid goal scorer. And number eight player, and this is probably your consensus top eight, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely a consensus top eight. Brent Clark, other defense on right hand, D man, mm-hmm. 6'2, 185, 15 points, 26 games. Uh, he's more of an offensive guy. He's kind of like the rawest one. I don't know. He's not my favorite from what I've read up in terms of defensemen. He's definitely um, one of my later defensemen here. And for whatever reason, I almost forgot him because he wasn't in front of me. But defenseman um, Simon Edvinson, he's actually in that top nine conversation. Uh, he's over in the Alfsus Can, which is the Swedish hockey system. He's six foot four, he has size. He's a decent skater for his size. He's decent defensively. He's a pretty good defenseman, and I think I prefer him over uh, Clark right now, who, who, by the way, is Graham Clark's brother. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, the problem has the 21st on the list, which is kind of weird, but he'll be a top 10 pick. I'm almost certain of it. Um, but, yeah, he's another name. Jesper Wallstedt is the number one goaltender. Uh, he's a beast this skated really good. He has a 908 save percentage in the SHL, which is the top uh, the top sweet, uh, Swedish hockey league over there, and he's their starter as a 21, 22-year-old kid or whatever. He's a beast. I don't think Devils go that route, but... Oh, I mean, you never know, <laughs> those man. Are your guys. You never know. The draft it's is a, crazy. It's a defensive heavy draft for the first time in years. Um, of course, this is a year where there's like no consensus number one overall pick, and uh, you don't want to say the number one pick is like overall pick is weaker, but it's not like a McDavid Matthews year. And these are usually the year the Devils do well in the lotteries, like with the Nico year, the Hughes year. Those guys weren't like uh, like awesome Matthews, Connor McDavid type prospects, and those were the years the Devils won the lottery. So, but anyway, anything you want to add here about these kids or this group of players? I mean, I think. Overall, in general, with regards to the Devils, you know, we need to draft scoring wingers. And this draft in general, not just like the top 10, but in general, is just defensively loaded. So 
I'm sure we'll see best player available. I'm not expecting to see a scoring winger drafted. Um, you know, at least not right away. But yeah, that's, that's basically my two cents. I was like looking through the list of prospects. I'm like defenseman, 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 defenseman. I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah, I mean, Devils having two picks. We didn't really talk about any of the later round guys yet because, I mean, we just want to get out of the way of these uh, these earlier round guys. I mean, I wouldn't care if they went defensive and they don't have any more. Their defensive prospect pool is pretty pretty good of, like, like not any blue chip guys, like Ty Smith guys, but they have a whole mm. bunch of decent bit, like solid guys, like the Octiuks Oct- of the world, Nikita Octiuk, uh, Michael Vukevic, your dude, um, Daniel Misu, like guys like that who are solid prospects. They're not, they're not going to jump off the page at you. They do still need, I would prefer a guy like Dylan Gunther here. Um, maybe like a guy yeah. like Chaz Lucius, like someone like that. But I mean, if they go Owen Power, you can't be mad. Like the kid's a beast. And so, but anyway, that's your prospect talk for you. Um, what's next? The next thing we're going to talk about is kind of like the Devils roster overview going into next year. Some pending free agents, guys like that. So the Devils have. Ryan Murray, Scott Wedgwood, Aaron Dell, Josh Jacobs, Connor Carrick, Matt Tennyson, Ben Street, and Mason Jopes. Those guys are all pending unrestricted free agents. Out of that list, I mean, I'd love to see my boy Josh Jacobs brought back, but the way the Devils have treated him, I doubt that's going to be a thing. Um, but Ryan Murray, mm-hmm. I'd like to see brought back. Murray's been – he hasn't been his typical self this year. He's definitely not been what was advertised, but he hasn't been terrible. And by retaining him on a friendly deal, he's probably not going to command much. He'll have one less hole to fill. Yep. Scott Wedgwood, Aaron Dell, see you later. You guys are both not great. Um, Devils need to find a good, high, uh, a nice backup goaltender. Um, Connor Carrick, Matt Tennyson, see you later. Uh, ben Street's a fine AHLer. He's actually struggling this year. Bring him back, fine. Wouldn't be opposed to that. The big thing now you got to think of is you're also going to lose one NHLer due to the expansion draft. Yep. Um, I, I feel like the top choices there would be a Will Butcher, uh, Andres Janssen, a Miles Wood, a Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastian, Nick Merkley. One of those guys. Mm-hmm. Leaning towards Will Butcher, but we'll see. Um, so yeah. once you have all that in mind, you look at the Devils roster. Uh, left wingers, you got Andres Janssen, Miles Wood, Nolan Foot, and Yanni Kokinen. Those are your left wingers. In my opinion, if the Devils want to be competitive, I think they got to add one there. Um, a top six left wing. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like out of that depth, top six left wing or middle six left wing is definitely a must there. Um, Janssen, Wood, Foot, and Quoken. And you might lose one in the expansion draft. If you don't, I feel like you can't really roll Quoken in Foot, Wood, and Janssen expect to win a ton of games. Nothing against those guys. I just, I don't know. It's tough, you know? Center position, you got Heischer Hughes will be locked in. Then you got Pavel Zaka. Put him at the center spot. You're perfect fourth, fourth center, fourth line center. Yeah. I think this year's production by Zaka, maybe he got people kind of out of whack of what he is. He is a fourth line penalty killer center. That's what he is. He's not a top six guy. He's maybe not even a third line guy. 
other death at death at this position. Michael McLeod, Jesper Boquist, and Mikhail Maltsev. It doesn't seem like Jesper Boquist is going to be an everyday NHL or next year. Same with Mikhail Maltsev. Michael McLeod, I'm sure people have fallen in love with. His underlying this year aren't great. He might even be a candidate to lose to Seattle. I don't know if they'd roll a Heashear, Hughes, Zaka McLeod for centers. I could see it happening. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but that's not what your center yeah. group's looking like. Your right wing is kind of a mess here. So you got Alexander Holtz, Jesper Bratt, Igor Sharangovich. I'd expect Jester Bratt to make the team out of camp. You also have a Dawson Mercer who might make the team out of camp. You never know. Um, you got Jesper Bratt and Igor Sharangovich. Igor's done more than enough to deserve a role. I, I'm still on the train that Igor Sharangovich ain't going to be a top six forward because of his defensive liability. I think he's going to be a very strong bottom six goal scorer for this team for a while. Nothing wrong with that. Then you have Nathan Bastian, like I said, Dawson Mercer, Nick Merkley. I don't know. If, I mean, it seems like the Devils love Nick, uh, Nathan Bastian, and he's put up solid underlying. He's put up solid numbers. It just comes back to this whole idea if the Devils want to be competitive, are guys rolling out guys like Nathan Bastian on a nightly basis? And they're like, our playoff teams have a Nathan Bastian in their lineup. Do they have a Michael McLeod in their lineup? Yeah. Like, are you those players. Boston and stuff, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I could see a need for a right wing center type player. Um, you go to goalies, you got Mackenzie Blackwood, who I'm not worried about yet. Like I said before, All right, how's your feelings with Blackwood? You worry? Like, what do you think? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about Blackwood. I'm not happy with how this season went, but I'm not like overly concerned and or anything like that. I, I think this was just a weird year for everyone. Uh, Blackwood was doing great until COVID derailed him, and who knows? He just he hasn't necessarily been the same since then. He's had some great moments and some great games, but yeah, I think uh, just put this season to bed and, and worry about it next year. So yeah, but they're definitely going to back up or like a one A one B type situation. So, but um, all right, that's goalie defenseman. Looking at go- uh, defenseman now, so. Left winger, left-handed defenseman. You got Ty Smith and Jonas Siegenthaler, I'm assuming, projects into the Devils' plans for next year. I don't think they'll leave him unprotecting the expansion draft. Could be wrong, but maybe that's how they got Smith and Siegenthaler. So that arises a need for if they don't bring Ryan Murray back then you'll need a left-handed demon. If they bring Murray back, then you don't need a left-handed demon. Murray, Smith, Siegenthaler, that's that's fine. Um, I'm cool with rolling into the off uh, next year with that. Right-handed defense, you got Damon Sears and P.K. Subban locked in. You do not have another guy on right side. You need to bring in a right-handed defenseman. Um, looking at the AHL, the only guy that's righty is Riley Walsh. He is not ready yet. He has a lot to do on his defensive game. And we were having a discussion about this yesterday. From what I've seen in Binghamton this year, I don't know if he'll ever do enough defensively to warrant like an everyday, everyday NHLer. His ceiling to me is a bottom pairing, sheltered power play specialist defenseman. And that's if he reaches his potential on defense which I'm interested to see he does. I don't know if he will, but we'll see. Kevin Ball is another guy where people absolutely want to see this guy in the NHL. 
he's been terrible. I, I'm going to just come out and say he's been awful this year in the AHL. Me and Alex Chalvancy were talking about this yesterday. He's, he's stunk it up there. <laughs> it's simple as that. He, he's quite a bit of ways. He, he has some more to do. So, Vukojevic uh, and Oktiuk, they've had really solid seasons in Binghamton. They're 19 and 20 years old. I don't think they'll be ready to go next year. So uh, I think your number one goal here defensive-wise in the offseason is to re-sign Ryan Murray and bring in a right-handed defenseman. So, Yeah. Your thoughts there about the defense? Um, I mean, I know Kevin Ball is obviously a very big topic, um, just being a part of that Taylor Hall deal, and he has been, you know, decently hyped up and, and for good reasons. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I don't feel like the Devils have a horrible defensive prospect pool in terms of, like, do we sign a free agent or not? It's like, you know, they need to take that next step, and who knows when that is. You can't really try it until the seasons come around, basically. So I agree with most of what you said, I, especially with signing Murray. Maybe you get him on a cheaper deal just because he's had a down year. Um, I didn't think he's been bad for us, but, yeah. I, I would love to see some of these defensive prospects take that next step, but I don't know if that's going to happen next year. Yeah, um... I don't know. I don't think there's anyone in house you could count on from Binghamton to be in the roster every day next yeah. year. Like I said, I just Kevin Ball has just not been good. Riley Walsh still has holes defensively. The Devils' two strongest defensemen are 19 and 20 years old in Binghamton, and that's Bukajevic and Oktiuk. And I don't know if they're mm-hmm. necessarily NHL ready next year. So yeah. Um, alrighty. So free agent wise, some names for you. So we talked about the need for a top six left winger, middle six left winger. Looking at names, Thomas Tatar, um, Gabriel Landeskog's a free agent. I don't know if Colorado's going to let him walk, and if they do, I doubt to see the Devils a player there. Barkley Goudreau is a solid hockey player. He'll be available. Jaden Schwartz is one of my more favorite players. Very good defensively. He's a goal scorer. Not having too good of a year this year. Uh, left wings, those are the guys I focused on. Some other left wingers are be free agent. Taylor Hall, been there, done that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them be brought back. I just think it's unlikely. Matias Janmark's not underlying, not pretty. Uh, Nick Fleen, those on the older side. Derek Broussard's pretty old. I mean, Alex Alchaniak's, Jimmy VC, just underlying aren't great type deal, but. Yeah, um, I mean, those guys cut your eye. I, I agree with you on Hall. It's like I, I doubt that happens. Um, I like your Jaden Schwartz pick right there. Um, Landis Gog, I see the Devils having zero, like, chance or even putting in an offer for. Um, he's a hell of a hockey player. But. He is. He is a tremendous hockey player, but I don't think uh, he would fit with what the Devils really need. You know, the, oh. they could use that money a lot better. Um, oh, yeah, I got you there. Yeah, so... I mean, Thomas Tatar is, you know, reliable. Um, Sturdy. Yeah, he's he's getting there. He's a good hockey player, very good hockey player. Yeah, he's very reliable. Um, I feel like he would probably stay with Montreal first more than anything, Um, you know. Well, he was a healthy scratch at points this year. I think he's walking in the offseason. I just don't know where. Maybe. I don't know because they they changed their coaching staff, so who knows what's going on there. But um, true. Yeah, I mean, do we go over all the forwards or just the wingers? No, we're we're so we'll move the centers. I don't want to talk about a different group if we haven't talked about them yet. Very good. We'll move the centers now. I know I I laid out that centers maybe not a need if the Devils want to roll. Use Hugh Shirzaka in the cloud. 
maybe if they choose to move Zaka down to their fourth line and then add a center, which I'd be for. Uh, my, one of my favorite free agents Granlund. in this class is Philip Denault. Oh. No, that Granlund's a really good one I've, too. I've always but, liked Granlund, even when he was in uh, yeah. Minnesota. Denault's just a hell of a player, like a very <laughs> underrated player. He'd be up. A huge Heischer, Denault, Zaka center group would be like absolutely terrific. Like we're talking one of the better in the NHL type. Mm-hmm. Like Denault's a hell of a player. Very underrated. Very good offensive playmaker. Solid um, defensive numbers are great. Perfect middle six center. He's only 28. Adam Larry was on my list, but he resigned. Mikhail Granlin, Chris, he has the ability to play left wing too. So this would be a perfect, like we were talking about middle six left wing or a center. Granlin fits that profile perfectly. Just an all around, very solid hockey player. Only 29 years old. His, when he was younger, man, he put up the points. He had like years of like 60 points and stuff there. Dude, he was like one of my favorite players in Minnesota when he was out there. Before he got like moved to Nashville and traded and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a uh, 69 point season, nice, and then he had a 67 point season. Um, he only has th- 23 and 45, but you know John Hines, but uh, very solid player. He's, I, he's I would on be my top very five list. Happy if we were able to bring in Grandland this off season. Yeah. Um, Casey Zizekas is a free agent. That dude has sneaky. He's, he's like one of the better defensive forwards in the whole NHL. 97th percentile defensively, but he brings more. He's not bad offensively, too. Um, 30 years old. And Jordan Martinook, who also has the ability to play winger, he's only 28 years old. Elite, elite defensive numbers, but his offense number, he doesn't bring much offensively. He's your classic PK or defensive forward, first forward, which the Devils can always need. I always thought Martinook defense first. I was going to say that. Yep. Perfect. There you go. Um, just looking at some of the guys that I didn't mention that are also going to be free agents. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is probably going to be one of the top free agents on the board. I don't think the Devils are going to uh, be there just because they don't really have a top six center need. I mean, if they saw where to sign Ryan Nugent Hopkins, don't get me wrong. I'd be hyped, but I just don't think it's a fit. Paul Statsny, very solid player, he's 35. David Krejci, another very solid player, 35. Uh, Spezza, Alexander Wenberg, very average player. He's on the younger side. He's only 26, mm-hmm. but he's not – doesn't do anything for you, really. Zajac, yeah. Getzlav, Boydstad, Soderberg, Osik, Eric Halla, Mikhail Gregorenko, Riley Nash, Marcus Janssen, Johansson. Nick Bonino is a guy that I only have on my pass list because of his age. He's 32. The dude's underlying numbers are elite. I just I don't I don't get it. He's like a damn good hockey player in terms of like underlying numbers. He's just 32, so I don't know if he'll be a fit, but he's a very solid player. But yeah. I mean, any other guys you want to talk about before we move on to the right wing? No, I am surprised by your uh, what you said about Benino, though. Yeah, he's like, a beast, man. I've heard about him for a while, and uh, we've seen him play and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, I mean, Palms he's is probably 32. not coming back, I, I don't think, um, in terms of, like, another winger. He's on my list. He's a, he, We'll go into the right wing now. But, um, yeah, he's on my list here. Yeah. Uh, my favorite right wing free agent is Brandon Saad. Um, 28 years old, very solid underlying numbers. Uh, offensive numbers are great. Underrated goal scorer, too. He can put the puck in the net pretty well. 
So he'd be a really good top six addition for New Jersey. He's definitely on my top three. How was he uh, out in Columbus when he wasn't in Chicago? Say that again. I said, how was he out in Columbus when he wasn't in Chicago? I feel like he's been great while he's been in Chicago. So, I mean... Columbus, I felt like he was good, but he wasn't the same. He had he had two seasons in Columbus. He put up 53 points in each. Okay. 31 goals, 24 goals. Okay. Um, he actually had his strongest season seasons of his career in Columbus. Wow. All right. <laughs> and so I'm Chicago, wrong. Uh, Chicago, 35 points, 47 points, 33 points. Um, he had 33 points in 58 games played. And then Colorado this year, he's in a limited role for them. He's only playing 14 minutes a night, which just says absolutely crazy things about Colorado's roster. That yeah, a top six forward like Brandon Sod's only playing 14 minutes a night, barely 14 minutes a night. Mm. He has 15 goals, nine assists. I'm declaring him my uh, my favorite free agent in this class. I have him slightly above Philip Denault. Yeah, you've definitely sold me on him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm much more hyped guy. on him now. So, just saying, do you remember who one of my favorite free agents guys were last year? Last I'll say year? his name and you'll yeah, um, you'll, you'll know as soon as it is. I know. I want to see if I can think of it real quick. Um, dang it! Just say it. I know. I'm gonna. Craig Smith. Dang it! <laughs> He signed with Boston. Yeah, yes, I remember. Guy. I remember yeah, there was one he, guy he, you kept talking about. I'm like, no, I remember this. I remember him yeah, going on like about a, this one guy. <laughs> yeah, so he's sitting at 27 points in 45 games played as a uh, – he's playing like a fourth-line role, third-line role for them. Up so in, that's great production there. Yeah, and then there was a stretch where he had like 11 points in nine games at one point. I'm telling you, free agents. I know my free agents. Anyway, um, yeah, big Phil Benault guy, big Brandon guy. Call Paul Murray is also a guy here on the list. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I, I, it's very rare to see them bring guys back after you trade them, but he's a solid hockey player doing doing okay over in uh, the, family, on the island. Family probably hasn't island. moved because you don't need to no. for that, you know? It's not yeah, something you have so, to move in season. I have Mike Hoffman on my list just solely because of his power play prowess and his goal scoring ability. Mm-hmm. His underlying numbers are poop. Like he doesn't do anything besides score the puck. He's he's a goal scorer and a power play specialist. That's two areas that will struggle. That's why he's on my list. He is thirty one though, so I don't know how much of a fit that'd be. Yeah. Uh, Joel Armenia is a very solid defensive player, right winger. He's a very good PK. He doesn't bring much at all on offense. He's just one that he'd be like a ad like a Jordan Martinuk had um, mm-hmm. uh, my guy I think you remember me talking about him Josh Levio last year yep do you remember Levio, me talking yeah, about yeah, him yeah. yeah yep yeah he, he's doing okay this year he's oh, where the hell is he oh Colorado Calgary Calgary that's where he is he only has 7 points in 36 game play he only plays 10 minutes a night he's just he, he's putting up like his underlying pretty good calories just a disaster this year he'd be a solid like 4th line guy and then Vinny Hinnestros is another guy he's having a very down year mm-hmm. but overall bring some scoring output solid defensively surprisingly he'd be a nice lad on the right wing um, some guys I have on my pass list for all you that don't know I went through every single free agent pending free agent like all of them and I list them out into possible fits and not fits and this is basically what I'm going off of I'm showing my fire I'm 
bringing my findings to the class. Yeah. <clears throat> so Corey Perry, Bobby Ryan, thirty sixty. Are you a Bobby Ryan guy? Did you bring I, him up on the last episode? I wanted them to uh, get him last off season. So he's thirty four now. So he's not really in the yeah, plans. I figured. I wouldn't say he had that bounce back after coming back last year. Yeah, and I was sold on story. it. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's back. Let's, you know, I'd be down to get him. Yeah, he's thirty four now. So I don't know if he fits. Evan Rodriguez is twenty seven, but his is so. So he he could be on my like the target list. He's very similar to like Alevio, probably slightly better than Alevio. Um, he's like a young player. He's only 27. He brings nothing offensively though, but his defensive numbers are pretty solid. If you choose a guy like Evan Rodriguez, you're probably basically better going with an in-house option like a Nathan Bastion type. That's why I have him mm-hmm. on my pass list. That's probably the same going with that Levio. Um, but anyway, Alex Chase on is a free agent. I mean, he's the McDavid benefactor. He's 30 years old. Colton Skeever, Ryan, not Ryan Sutter, uh, Brandon Sutter, Wayne Simmons. Remember when uh, Maple Leafs fans were dubbing like Wayne Simmons as like the biggest free agent seal ever? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like the move, but I never dubbed it as like a steal for him. I thought Toronto always no, needed sandpaper, like, but not like before the move. I was talking like he had like a really good start. He had. I'm pretty sure like five goals in his first like seven games or something like that, and people are freaking out. He has seven goals and two assists in 30 games. <laughs> but, oh my um, goodness! He's a free agent as well. Tobias Reader is probably like one of the worst underlying numbers I've ever seen out of a player in my life. I was very surprised. Um, Lewis, he was on the Kings. What's his first name? Uh, Trevor Eric? Lewis. Trevor, that's it. Um, Thad Lewis. Remember Thad Lewis, Buffalo Bills quarterback? I do not, but I'm Buffalo not surprised Bills that legend. you do. Um, yeah. Nikita Gusev, we've been there. He's doing well in Florida. Good for him. I told you he's going to win the Rock Richie, of a Shark. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, those are free agent right-wingers. I have them on my pass list. So, any any overall but move on to the defenseman now? Any guys that caught your eye or any that fun stuff? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, Maybe Armia, Levo, like you mentioned. Um, you've sold me on Sod for sure. My boy, um, yeah, I, I am sold on Sod now. I'm I'm happy I was wrong. Um, so it's what it, do you mean? Oh, when you uh, said about, about the Columbus, his, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> which I should have thought of the fact that in Chicago he was playing like a lesser role just because of how deep Chicago was, and in Columbus he was more of a main guy. I should have thought about that, but okay. yeah. So. All right, moving on to defensemen now. So the left-handed defenseman won't be a need if they bring back Ryan Murray, which I'm down to do. But if they don't, you'll need to investigate bringing in a free agent. Guys like Kevin Ball, Vukovic, and Oktiuk are not ready yet, in my opinion. Uh-huh. So um, Mike Riley, defenseman, offensive first defenseman. Defensive is not great. He got traded to Boston. Derek Forbort. Um, very good defensive play, 59th percentile defensive metrics. Not good offensively. Numbers are not good. He'd be a PKer and like last pairing defensive defenseman. Ryan Murray's here. Jamie Oleksiak is a good one. 28 years old only. Very, very solid defenseman. Very, he'd bring an immediate upgrade to the Devils' decor. Defensive numbers are terrific. 93rd percentile defensive metrics. So, past three years. Patrick Nemeth is like a depth guy. Uh, 92nd percentile on defense. Though. He's like a very solid player in his own right. Ben Hutton, John Merrill, boy. 
Um, defensive underlying's terrific, man. John Merrill's a good player. Nikita Nesarov, not a lot of NHL experience, but he's a decent player. Be a good depth guy. Jake McCabe's a big one here. Mm-hmm. So Jake McCabe's numbers are like absolutely elite. Like his defensive metrics are like 99th percentile. But he just had that brutal knee injury that he actually suffered against the Devils. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if that turns people away. But he'd be a very very solid pickup there. Dmitry Kulikov and Slater Cope. Co. Cuckoo? Uh, um, yes. Also, free agent left-handed defenseman. So. Out of that list, um, Jamie Alexiak, James McCabe, or what's his first name? James McCabe? Uh, I think it might be, yeah. Uh, James McCabe. No. What the hell is his first name? Sorry. No, you're good. I don't know what his first name is. Uh, is either. This is really, really bad of us. Like, there's a name that's on the tip of my tongue. Jake McCabe. There we go. Damn it. Yeah, I wasn't that's gonna say Jake. Is. I was gonna say a different name. I'm I like, I don't think that's that. <laughs> that's just not a good book. Um, anyway, yeah, Jake McCabe and Jamie Alexiak are my two number one like favorite left-handed defensemen if they don't resign uh, Ryan Murray. So. Uh, what names do I have? So Alec Martinez is 34. Alex Dolgoski, Jamie Ostrele, Delzado, Eric Gustafson, Chara, Mark Stahl, Brendan Smith, Alex Edler, uh, Nicholas Yalmerson, Braden Coborn, Andy Green, Carl Gunnarsson, Miko Lettinen. Those guys are like the left-handed defensemen that I have on my past list for like either not great numbers or age. So, mm-hmm. All right. Any of those names get your eye before we move on to the right-handed demons? Um, I'm going to say that he's always, Slater you know, Cuckoo. ever since he was in Tampa, been a fan of him. Solid numbers. Um, would definitely enjoy yes. bringing back Kulikov. Um, we are big John Merrill fans, so I'm, I'm with you there. Good hockey, um, Good hockey player, John Merrill. Is. Yes. That's, I mean, that's about all I got to say, so. Alrighty, we'll move to uh, right-handed Dino. Tyson Barry, Dougie Hamilton. Before you Adam get started Morrison. on defensemen, I'm gonna let you know I might have to run downstairs real quick for like five minutes. Um, I'm not gonna end the recording. I just have to run downstairs, grab something from someone, and come back up there. They borrowed something from me, and they have to drop it off now for some reason. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, just let me know. Yeah. All right, so. Right-handed defenseman. Tyson Barry, Dougie Hamilton. Those are your, like, top-tier defensive free agents. Tyson Barry is, like, a top-four D-man, but he's, like, strictly offensive guys. Defensive numbers aren't great. I'd prefer the Devils look defensive first. Dougie Hamilton, man. My boy. My, my boy for years. Man's elite. Mm-hmm. One of the more underrated players in the league. He's been a big Dougie Hamilton fan he's for a like long time. He's, like, top-tier free agent, so I don't know if the Devils are bringing a guy like that, pay him that money, but, I mean, if they do, man, Dougie Hamilton, beast. Adam Larson, old friend, big Adam Larson guy. I was a big Adam Larson guy when he was on the Devils, too. Yep. His defensive numbers are, like, elite. I would love to see the Devils bring him back. He would fit that defensive defenseman right-handed hole perfectly. Um, David Savard, solid defensive numbers. He's, not, he's probably going to get paid too much. Mark Pysk is a depth option. Yanni Hakapa is a depth option. And Tucker Pullman's a depth option. So, mm. But, yeah, uh, my votes for Adam Larson and, and Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, I agree with you there. Dougie Hamilton. And I wouldn't mind an Adam Larson reunion, bringing him back. I love Adam Larson. He's probably one of his 
I think my top three targets for the Devils are Brandon Saad, Philip Denault, and Adam Larson. You get those three and bring back Ryan Murray, that's my – if I'm the general manager of the Devils, that's what I'm doing this all season. I mean, were we big on uh, Pisic last year too? Who? Uh, Who? Pisic. Pisic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was. I, we were, I we threw were, his name around a yeah. lot. I was going to say, I thought we were um, big on him last year. Solid numbers. Having a really <clears> great <throat> season for a bad Dallas team this year. Well, not that anymore. When I took these notes, this was before Dallas went on their little run. So he's a solid player. It'd be a really good depth option, very cheap option. He'd be the Dmitry Kulkov-esque signing this year. That's a perfect comparison. Bring him in. People not expecting much for him, and he would slot nicely. Um, I think he would do well in that right-handed defenseman role. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Montour, Cody CC, Sammy Votnin, Zach Bogosian, Jason Demers, Erica Branson, Luke Shen, Colin or uh, Kevin Miller, Nate Prosser, Travis Hamernick, Greg Patnern, Bart, uh, Mike Stone, Stephen Camphor, and Alex Biega are also free agent right-handed D-mans. Brandon Montour's numbers are bad. They're just bad. He's only 27, though. Cody CC, in my notes, I just have yuck. <laughs> right now, <in there. laughs> um, Sammy Vatnin been there too many times, um, but yeah, not a lot there. So. See Cody CC, I just remember Steve Dangle videos because he would always be yelling about him at some point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, moving on to goaltenders now. Last thing here before we uh, move on to Binghamton Devils. All right, as we talked about before, Devils are definitely going to be in the goalie market once again after Corey Crawford retired. That deal was a two-year deal, I think. I forget. Yeah, I think it was a two-year yeah, deal. Yeah, it was a two-year deal, I think. Yeah, so they're once again going to be in the market for a backup goaltender, like a 1B goaltender. 1B goaltender might be actually the better move, given Blackwood's struggles this year. But nonetheless, a backup goaltender, a strong backup goaltender is in need. Luckily, the goalie market's even stronger than it was last year. There's a lot of good names here. Tuka Rask is a free agent, but we know that's not a match for the Devils. He's going to be, whether it's back with Boston or whatever they're going to do there, 34 years old. That won't be a match. Pecorino is also a free agent. Dude's 38 years old already. And he's struggling. I think he'll be retiring after year's end. Frederick Anderson is a free agent. He's 31. A lot of people I saw his name tossed around for the Devils. I think he's still going to want starters money, even though he struggled this year. I still don't see it fit. Devin Dubnik. Carter Hutton, Mike Smith, Curtis McElhenney, Ryan Murray, Philip Grubreyer. I have him not as fit just because the man's a Vesna candidate this year. I'm sure Colorado will want to try him, bring him back. He's definitely going to want starter money. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, Chris Traeger is going to want starter money after his big year in Florida. He'd be a nice fit. But, and then Anton Forsberg would be a solid three option, but Devils aren't on the market for a third option. Peter Mrazek. So the uh, Hurricanes have Mrazek, Reimer, or yeah, Mrazek, Reimer, and uh, Alex Nijek the goalie, the rookie goalie with the really long last name that starts with man. So he's going to be an answer there. So it's going to be him and either Mrazek or Reimer, whichever one they don't retain, either. 29-year-old Mrazek or 33-year-old Reimer. Either one of those guys would be a really solid addition. Mrazek's a career 9-11 save percentage, and Reimer's a 9-13 save percentage. So either one would be perfect to complement Blackwood. Linus Allmark's also a free agent, 27 years old. Terrific season behind the awful Buffalo team. The only reason why this might be a little iffy here is he's probably going to want his own net somewhere. 
rightfully mm-hmm. so. So he's a name to watch. Jonathan Bernier has been very strong for Detroit. I don't know if he caught, but the the uh, Stars are out shooting Detroit at one point, like a 35-3 or something like that recently. I don't know if he caught that. I didn't know. But, uh, but yeah. So he'd be a fit. I mean, he's 32, but he's put up solid numbers to be a nice compliment. Anti-Ranta, I feel like we're talking about this guy every year, whether it's trade or free agency. He's a free agent. Very, yeah. very solid player. Very underrated. He's a career 920 save percentage. Um, Laurent Bersault, backup for the Jets, having another solid year. 907 save percentage career. He'd be a nice backup. Darswap a lot. All but gone, I think, in Boston Bruins. Um, they have Water and uh, who's the other kid? Swayman or Layman or whatever his last name is. You know who I'm talking about? I don't think so, no. He, he's come out of nowhere this year, and he's played really good hockey. So you would assume one of those two and then either Rask or uh, Halak. I, I think Halak's all but gone. Halak's a very solid if you even want to call him a backup, he's already 35, but he'll put up good numbers. And uh, David Riddich and Brian Elliott are another two guys. Elliott's having a down year, but he's a career save percentage in the line 11. He'd be a solid pickup. And then Riddich, um, not doing too hot this year, but he'd be a nice compliment. Only 28 years old, Blackwood. So, so there's some of the guys. Yeah. Any opinion on any of those guys? I mean, I would definitely enjoy seeing if the Devils could pull off like Olmark or Brassois or. Um even even Halak, um, I'd, I'd be cool with. Um, even though Halak's a little bit up there in age, um, maybe even Riddich. There, there's there's a couple good goaltenders to go after to try and you know see if you can get a one A one B situation. And those are the ones I'd go with. Yeah, there there's a lot of very 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 solid options. So mm. um, anyway, yeah, that's the goalie. So that's your way more depth for agent breakdown than I thought it were going to be. It kind of just got away from us, but I mean, it was good. Good good conversation there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Alright, move the Binghamton Devils update real quick. 5-13, 5-1. They're the worst team in the AHL. Um, out 28 teams. Worst record in the AHL. 21st PP uh, efficiency, 19th PK efficiency out of 28 teams. They're on a four-game losing streak. Their leading scorer is Danik Martell at 14 points in 23 games played. Graham Clark is 12 and 21. Riley Walsh 12 and 23. Zerdolin 12 and 24. Schnarr 11 and 23. Merrick Mittens, who I was a big fan of, Lake Superior. Um, goaltender in the NCAA. He struggled a bit. I had higher hopes for him. Still only played three games, so we'll see. Anything comes there. Mm. So, kind of like we're getting towards the end of the season here, and I would say the good and the bad of Binghamton this year. Uh, Graham Clark is emerging himself as a top prospect in the Bells organization. The dude's been absolutely electric in Binghamton this year. I think they've really found a player there. Um, Fabian Zetterlin, I don't know if he'll ever be an everyday NHLer, but he has an electric shot. Maybe one day it contributes. He's looked nice this year. Nikita and Vukovic, both very nice seasons. Very, both of them more impressive than Ball and Walsh. And my two bad I had mm. is Kevin Ball and Riley Walsh. Um, Kevin Ball has just looked awful this year. He's ways to go. Riley Walsh's offensive game is there. You can see why he's been touted as an offensive defenseman, really solid in the PP. Um, just his defensive game needs a lot of work. But, yeah, that's your Binghamton update. So, if we were to combine the Devils and Binghamton's record, it, it's got to be horrific, right? Probably. Do you think it's better than... All right, so, so remember this. So, wins, it would be 
see. So it'd be 19 combined. It'd be a 19. What's 27 plus 13? 40. 40. 1940. Um, 11 and 1 record. <laughs> That's the combined organization record. 1940, 11 and 1. We're winners. So, not, not great stuff. No, not at all. So, all right, that's 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 this episode. Um, I got away from us. Thought this one was gonna be a short one. This turned out to be a, a girthy one, I think. Yeah, so. a little bit longer than expected, but it's all right. Good times. Uh, all right, anything you want to go? Uh, eh, anything you want to say here, Chris? Before we end around out, I think we're all set. Let's go, Devils, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Everyone, stay safe out there, and we'll uh, talk to you guys hopefully sometime next week. So, hey.